0: professional athlete. Ivan, do you, mind, uh, do you mind telling me a tale of your days as a professional athlete? I'm in awe right now.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it's from a very uh, old game, but a very new sport. Uh, the sport exists uh, since, officially since 2004 and I'm an ex uh, football player. The official name of the sport is table soccer. And uh, yeah, uh, it got me hooked uh, playing uh, in university, and uh, it took me three years to become a national champion. And <laughs> so when uh, <laughs> uh, went to France for the championships, we have our own Olympics and stuff like that, played for the Bulgarian national team about that. So yeah, it's awesome. <laughs>
0: Uh ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of Late Night Bitcoin with Q. I'm your host, Q, and I'm joined by none other than Mr. Ivan mikadonski Uh I have so many questions right now. We're gonna we're gonna stay with the foosball for a moment because if you watch this show, you know there's like a little bit of Bitcoin, but a lot more about just like life. Um Ivan, so like this is I'm so afraid to ever meet you in a bar simply because I know if I was drunk, I would just sit there and talk shit to you and be like, I mean like i if I score one goal like I win kind of like is that kind of how you have to play against your friends now is it like
1: a... uh no uh, no really uh I don't play uh football for much I mean uh Because a lot of people everywhere in the bars are like, oh, I'm the best whatever." You are the best. (laughs) (laughs) I've been the best. And uh, we go to a particular club where our national champions and the professional players play, so it's even a challenge for me. But uh, when you go to a bar and somebody says, uh, oh, let's play for money, They have no idea what they're getting into. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah.
0: When did you realize that you were just on a different level at this game?
1: Oh, uh, it was not that I was on a different level. I was actually very, very bad, and people Mm -hmm. beat me in the beginning, but it got me hooked in the game because Mm -hmm. uh, you're so close next to your opponent that it's literally like a fight. Uh, and the tension is so high, imagine that in this small table, there are four people around it or two, two people, depending on uh, which uh, uh, type of game you are playing. And uh, all the audience that is watching, uh, let's say you have uh, uh, 50 or 100 people watching, and all that tension is so much concentrated into that uh, small space and literally, it's like a fight and you have to resist sometimes if you don't have uh, your nerves to <laughs> punch the, somebody on uh, the other side. <laughs> but uh, it, it got me hooked on the energy of the game. And I said, OK, I, I don't care that I'm the, so weak at this game, but uh, little by little, and you grind through it. Three years it took me.
0: That's
1: uh, awesome. and yeah. <laughs>
0: what is the okay i have two more questions and then we we can talk about bitcoin first question what is the like have you made someone cry because you beat them so bad
1: (laughs) uh actually no uh i mean uh some women cry in a professional game Uh, I mean, because there is no limitation for women can uh, play in the men's event. They have their own events also, but uh, I've seen that. But when I meet uh, enthusiasts, uh, I try to make it fun for them because they're going to see something that they had no idea (laughs) that it's possible on that instrument. Uh, We say that the foosball table, it's uh, a very strange instrument because it's like a guitar. If you have no idea how to play, you have no idea what's uh, possible. You think that oh, spin some rods or uh, stuff like that, but it's uh, literally uh, um, a millimeter makes a difference. And the professional football players uh, can be so accurate. They they. Yeah, uh you should watch some professional footballs. Uh the best guy currently uh is an American uh, on top of the world. USA, uh, he's called... <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, he's called uh, Tony Spreadman uh and uh he is an amazing but uh, uh yeah. Uh, there was one Belgian guy, which is the god of football currently. And, Wait,
0: uh, are these matches... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do these matches take an hour? Like, How long is a match? <laughs> or is it just like uh, until you score 10 yeah. goals?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's not until you score 10 goals. It's uh, depending on the event. Uh, it's either best of uh, three or best of five games to five goals. Wow. So, Quick. yeah, and there are rules, and I'm also a professional referee in uh, matches, but uh, uh, it's a completely different world. Like, uh, most people have no idea that this is a professional sport. And, uh, yeah, uh, but it's so fun. Like, uh, if you watch a professional uh, video uh, on a match, you can't comprehend what's actually happening you have to see it live uh because you actually don't see the ball <laughs> and you have no idea uh, where the ball could go how it can be mani- manipulated i uh, i was so uh, one of the guys uh <laughs> yeah i was one of the guys uh, in bulgaria that learned an aerial shot uh this is a type of shot where uh I pick up the ball and go all, uh, over everybody um, and uh, score a goal that way. Uh, it's particularly a different one, but uh, it, it's you, you see this type of manipulation. Now imagine this thing you're doing for ten hours straight, just yes. ball control.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I need. I hope he does an aerial goal so we can actually. For those who are listening to the podcast over on YouTube, we are watching right now. Mr. Tony Spreadman just absolutely make work of a foosball table. <laughs> this is mind-boggling. Uh, my final question, as it pertains to foosball, is when you see noobs like myself spin. A foosball like <laughs> stick. How, like, how pissed off do you get?
1: Uh, no, I don't get pissed off. Uh, but uh, uh, for amateurs, uh, there are four rules. The first rule is uh, have fun. The second rule is have fun. The third rule is no spinning and and the fourth row is have fun. so yeah if you want to uh, increase the level of uh, to become an amateur uh, that's the only ro- ro- role that uh really because uh yeah it, spinning uh, I will still beat you but uh, it, it, it just <laughs> uh you would not enjoy that one <laughs> it's like, it's yeah
0: like, it's like bowling with the uh, bumpers on but i also do that <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, that thing doesn't matter yeah because in football unlike the real uh, uh contact event, if i have the control of the ball uh unless you strategically block me uh you can't come with your players uh, uh, and take my ball away uh, from my rod. So either I have to lose control, or you have to strategically position your men um, between my passing or my shooting. Uh, That's the the only way. So even if you spin, it affects me zero.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, all right. I don't doubt that you would kick my ass in foosball at this point. It's uh, like I told you, man. I don't even have a beer in me, and I'm talking shit. So if I ever saw you, like I would be screwed. Although yeah. you and I could hustle some fools. Let me be the let me be yeah. the mouth. You you play some <laughs> yeah. money one night, bro. Um, uh,
1: just <laughs> uh, one last thing on that topic because it's really fun. But uh, hmm. I organized an event uh, for amateurs. Uh, Where professionals are not allowed to play, and we gave some prizes. And uh, the winners of that event—it was about a hundred people entering in the event. So the winners out of those hundred people, um, because it was in doubles, I said, "Uh, "Okay, you think that you're good? Okay, I'll put you." with a professional player, he will play with one hand. He is alone against both of you. Uh, They couldn't score. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's the difference. Like, it's incomprehensible if you've never seen a professional uh, game live.
0: Like, they're not even trying, are they?
1: Uh, yeah, that's why I'm saying I, I don't play for money. It's like, um, I, I, I lied. I played once for money because the person had a lot of money and I wanted to, to have stuff, <laughs> so
0: i <laughs> it. Oh, <wow>. oh, wow. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, I tried to not uh, destroy him so he could uh, ask for more, but his girlfriend came and uh, interrupted. The... <laughs> man, that, yeah.
0: That's a whole other level of cock block. That's like a... That's a... a <laughs> block? No, there's got to be a uh, catch. She there, did man. him a favor. Yeah. Oh, she's but... a richest bitches. That's what it is. <laughs> she's a richest bitches. She didn't want you to get eternal riches. And she's a bitch for yeah. doing it I,
1: I still got some so uh i shared with the friends we went to a, a nightclub so <laughs> nice. so good
0: yeah. so i've been the first question that uh i'm supposed to ask that i very clearly didn't ask it's, we went we went down a rabbit hole that i am <laughs> not apologizing for uh is what was the first time you ever heard about bitcoin and what was your initial reaction
1: uh, I heard about it in late 2013, um, but it was just uh, in passing, like, uh, uh, I didn't get even interested. Uh, I just uh, heard, or some people made some money because it showed up. I didn't even know the price and, or from what it started, so absolutely nothing, but uh. In 2014, some personal events uh, hit, and uh, but I just forgot about it until 2019, when my uh, girlfriend bought one Ethereum for 50 pounds, <laughs> and uh, in 2021 it it was like 4,000 bucks, and uh, she was begging me, "Come on, learn about this, learn about this," and I said go away i don't want to learn about this (laughs) uh yeah i worked in three different forex companies in 2017 in a span of two months and uh because they were absolute scam uh, companies i thought that uh, the crypto stuff is just a excuse for scammers to do it and it's true but uh, once a close friend said, I'm going to return back the money that I owe you, came out of nowhere. And I said, so How are you able to do that? <laughs> because I, I didn't expect uh, this money. And he said, Oh, I mean some crypto tokens, but not the popular ones. And everything is great. In 2021, everything was going up because of Bitcoin, <laughs> uh, just tagging along. And uh, I said, okay, let me learn about this. And my Christmas vacation in 2021. So I'm a class of, I would say, 2022. uh, uh, I started learning about uh, the whole thing and uh, 16 hours a day uh, listening to podcasts for 10 days straight. And I, you pretty fast understand there's Bitcoin and there's everything else. So, yeah, I still went into crypto shit uh, just to confirm it for myself uh, and try to find a decent project. But, like, even the project that I found uh, that it's decent about gaming, it's built on a, a swamp. So <laughs> it's going to crash because it's built on top of a... Uh, stupid uh, proof of stack <laughs> chain, yeah. Um, uh, I don't hear you. I'm
0: Damn it. All right, um, talk to me a little bit about you know your girlfriend having bought ETH. Is she still like, have you convinced her that Bitcoin is? Yes, <laughs> and, and yeah, what is like, does she still hold ETH? No judgment, no safe space, no. No, what about, no. What, about, what about the friend who paid you back?
1: Like, oh, is he uh, she crashed and uh, he's a waiter now. So, <laughs>
0: no.
1: Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but uh, yeah, even on the that. Uh, uh, crypto shit because I did uh, some uh, from the initial research that I did, I still have some there and I just keep an eye on what's going to happen because I like the project, the gaming project that it is but because it's on a, uh, on a time schedule that is going to end at some point, so we just don't know when, uh, I just like to know how it's going to resolve itself uh, how they're going to crash? The guys are cool, but even even the programmers that are making the games with the NFTs, I've sent them Jeff Bull stuff, and they didn't watch it. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: but I think it's interesting though because you know you can show you can show them where the water is, but you can't force them to drink it. And no. <laughs> despite that there's still a demand although it is diminishing like people are still buying nfts whether or not we want to admit it like it, it is happening most of it is wall trading sure but you know there is still you know people who genuinely are interested in that who genuinely see the benefits of proof of stake um look not everyone's gonna make it like i was saying like <laughs> you know, they're just yep. gonna say poor we're we're the ones who are gonna get rich. Uh, I didn't say that. Um, you should definitely not quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talk to me a little bit then about you know, you said you dabbled in shitcoins you went and explored what what for you is like give me some bullet points, quick quick hitters on why Bitcoin is superior to your average shitcoin
1: uh i would say that they're not playing the same game uh at all uh when they talk they talk about technology they talk about uh uh nfts are pro- um, programmable uh, computers Um, but with art or with whatever, and there is some art that does nothing, like if you think that the baseball cards that they are doing (laughs) with an NFT is the same with the physical one, like, uh, it's, again, nature has to clean those out in order for people to understand it, because people, uh, I talked with uh, a relative that he thinks that that Everything is the same, that it's a company and uh, stuff like that. It's for me, it was like, okay, so if I offer you a card and I tell you buy this card for $10,000, are you going to buy it like you have no idea what you're getting into? Uh, Like, why the hell would you do the same for some coin or whatever they are selling? Uh, if uh, I tell you this, you are going to be, okay, I want to seek the car, I want to test the car, what's that, what's that, so you compare it to something else. But uh, this task of Bitcoin that is going to become global money, first of all, they don't even want to try, and the ones that are uh saying that they are trying like either they're absolutely lying to you and they know that they will never be or they're delusional. <laughs> uh, either way the result will be the same. And uh, uh, it, But because people don't know what is money uh, and they don't have a reference why Bitcoin is a better form of money and eventually it will evolve uh, everybody there uh to transfer to the better money like uh that's why is the demand because people i would say are shibo about this and uh, that's why the engineers uh have that type of critical thinking and also they prove themselves wrong. It's part of their uh, thinking about any thesis. Once you form a thesis, you form an antithesis, so you can test it. And engineers do that. Economists don't. (laughs) So uh, yeah, Uh, I would say uh, Bitcoin is trying to win uh, the game of money. Uh, The only thing that fiat has on that is the adoption. (laughs) But that will end, in, I would say, in the 10 years, um, because everybody will have some, even if they don't understand it, at least some portion. And after that 10 years, then it's about uh, from a portion to be half of the money, and from half of the money to be all of the money. Uh, at least that's in my view. The other stuff, they're trying to do something else. like. They have no idea what Bitcoin is and what it's trying to solve, and they say, I'm going to do it better. (laughs) Like, how? Like, you have no idea what it is, but you're going to improve it. Good luck.
0: I think that's the funniest part to me, though, is the fact that a lot of these sort of cryptos that show up tend to just, you know, oh, we're we've solved this problem with Bitcoin, or we've solved that problem with Bitcoin. And and I find it it lacks a substantial amount of effort in understanding Bitcoin itself. Like my my favorite like I just laugh now whenever I hear things like, well you can't make a payment quickly on Bitcoin or it's too expensive or it takes too long. Just it it shows me you yourself have not done your own due diligence. And I'm happy to answer the questions, but if you, you're you convinced that the piece of information that you got three, four, five, six years ago is still accurate today, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you for having that much convic- conviction and commitment. I just got news for you, bro. You're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're not even thinking, like, they've heard that news from somewhere. And we were all there about it. But at some point, some emotional trigger uh, for not forced you, but uh, made you research uh, about it, and everybody will come to that point because all those emotional triggers and pains are coming from for everybody in the fiat system. And it's just a time when are they going to push a button for everybody in the world, and does the best marketing. And then we go and uh, say uh, buy Bitcoin, and let me walk you through. And uh, yeah, the, the, I I laugh so hard. Like they say that the Bitcoiners are like this toxic mentality or whatever, and like. I've never met so loving people. Like even when I reach out to people, uh, social media and stuff like that. Uh, like even my sister was like, uh, because we were both in sales. Why are people so nice? <laughs> like reaching out to bitcoiners. Why are people so nice? There's nowhere else where people are uh, this consistently nice. Uh, but when you are a scammer, we're going to expose you. <laughs> like, that's the difference. That's not toxicity. That's just them, like, uh, oh, uh, be nice to me, so I sell you shit. Like, why? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that,
0: because I think Bitcoiners just get this And fortunately... Like, and again, it again, just goes back to this notion of like, have you actually spoken to a Bitcoiner? Like, have you reached out to just have a conversation? I'm not talking about like you posted something that they didn't agree with and then they said something that m- made you feel bad about yourself because it was probably something stupid to begin with. Um, I digress though. And and let's talk a little bit about, you know, the toxicity of Bitcoiners. Yeah. Um, what does that mean to you when you hear toxic Bitcoiner? You,
1: first of all, Bitcoin I of uh, uh, like. First of all, I have to encounter, encounter this toxicity, but it's really hard for me because I am a Bitcoiner. I don't know what is the toxicity because I don't really engage too much in uh, social media. Uh, and in Twitter, I hear that they are like the worst of the worst, but. Uh, I, I personally never saw it, never experienced it. So really, I just uh, feel the love of everywhere. I, obviously, it's like, for me, I'm going to uh, go around the houses, uh, wandering. So I see uh, if I have an opportunity to steal something, I'll steal it. But if, if some people will catch me, I will not steal it. And... Everybody in shitcoinery is like that, uh, and uh, wondering why the hell people are uh, getting on their case. Like, we're just exposing it. it's like the night watch uh, for your uh neighbors. Like, are you mad at those people that are the night watchers, or you should be mad at the people that are wandering around the houses? Uh, like, yeah, like if you're one of uh the wandering around the houses, looking for an opportunity to steal you, uh, they're killing your business. So that's why you're mad. <laughs> it's not that uh, it's toxicity. It's like uh, a policeman pulls a gun on you so you don't shoot some other person and you say he is violent. Look, Like, no, <laughs> you have a grasp of the whole situation before you say stuff.
0: Do you want to talk? Let's talk news for a second and then we'll talk breeze. How about that? Okay. (laughs) So so the picture I put up for today's episode on YouTube and on Twitter was a picture of BitBoy. Um, And I definitely got some, some heat for that, but you know, we're going to talk news and I'm I'm going to just point the finger and say, I think it's, we have to be careful. In Bitcoin, when we you know take victory laps on crypto people, I think, and I've said I've said a lot, and I, I genuinely believe this that things like whatever they do against Ethereum, against crypto, they will attempt against Bitcoin as well. They may not have success, but that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. And so, with that said, the news today that came out was that pretty much all the YouTube influencers who shilled FTX, including BitBoy, have been served a class action lawsuit. This is on top of the previous class action lawsuit that was filed against like all of the people who, who were a part of the TV commercials, like Kevin O'Leary, Tom Brady, Larry David. So people are going after of anyone who had essentially spoken positively in the public light on FTX. Now, what happened with FTX, obviously, is fraud, a scam, color, whatever you want. I simply say all SPF needed was a banking license, and then everything he did was legal, as we just learned over the last week. That's just my take on it. Argue with me all you want. Throw it in the comments if you don't agree. Shoot me a DM. Let's let's hash that out. Someone change my mind on that. Ivan, change my mind on that. I genuinely, I genuinely believe that the only difference between what SBF was doing and what Silicon Valley Bank did is the fact that Silicon Valley Bank had a banking license, like. FTX was obviously yeah. not a bank, it was an exchange. But for all intents and purposes, that's to me just an ex- a bank for crypto in essence. Um, so two parts to that: well, A, sit on that marionette, on that you don't need to answer that now, you don't need to answer this today, but maybe one day you will. Uh, what up, Eastside Tony? And on the other side of it, we have this lot, these lawsuits coming out against the people who essentially were speaking in public positively about FTX. I don't necessarily want to celebrate it, but I do love it when it, when BitBoy gets rocked. Uh, Ivan, what are your thoughts on just yet another lawsuit going after these people?
1: Uh, I would say it's nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, the dynamic that I personally see is the state has an opportunity to have some income. They'll take it. (laughs) Like, uh, they will sue you. They will uh, coerce you with the tools that they have. And right now, uh, they have the opportunity to sue some people that uh, were uh, promoting FTX. Whether that's moral or not, I don't know. Uh, There are arguments made uh, for both cases, uh, I think, personally. But, uh, well, How is the state going to feed this fiat machinery? Well, taxations, uh, lawsuits, uh, inflation, all the tools that they have. And right now they're choosing, okay, we'll sue some people and uh, we'll see what type of an income we could uh, have by this. And for all the people that got exposed and uh, they got big, uh, they're first on that list because they know all oh, those pe- uh, these people have money. So let's sue them. Let's see what we can shake out of them. And uh, I I would say that that will happen more and more in the future because the pressure on the state to survive will become bigger and bigger. <laughs> so they will use those tools uh, of suing, taxation and inflation more and more trying to compete with Bitcoin. Uh, like. <laughs> Uh, Even if they succeed in a glimpse, uh, even if they get this one billion, uh, like uh, we all know where it would end. It's like one, you have two people that are racing right now. And one is increasing speed little by little. The other one is decreasing speed little by little. And you have unlimited time. What's the outcome there? <laughs> like um, the fiat will stop eventually, and Bitcoin will. It doesn't matter how fast or how slow it is uh, in each individual situation, but uh, every year is going to become faster, uh, and uh, every year fiat is going to become slower. Eventually, there one is going to be Bitcoin is going to be faster about absolutely everything. And the other one, then everybody will uh, feel. They still won't realize why Bitcoin, but everybody will feel that they have to get into Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, yeah, then it's, uh, we have a, a Lebanon event when it just shoots, it shoots into trillions, <laughs> inflated money.
0: Now, I know in the long run it doesn't matter, and I am fully in that camp. However, I think it is worth pointing out and discussing briefly at least the fact that while Bitcoin did nothing wrong, as FTX collapsed, so too did the price of Bitcoin. Is it something that Bitcoiners need to start to at least be aware of, like what it, what goes on in crypto land as it could then impact or cause something bad to happen like do we almost need to play like the night watch or like a policeman of sorts like hey that looks real fucked up and then like you know i'm not saying work with regulators but I'm, i'm more or less alluding to it or just like work with the community to at least be like hey like don't do not touch this project. This reeks of a scam. Like the way a lot of Bitcoiners sort of have been taking it on to go and talk to Hexagons, like shout out Brad Mills. Like, hey, this is a scam. Is that a more appropriate approach to at least help Bitcoin be separate? Or like should we just expect that inevitably, if like Hex for whatever reason is is gets wrecked for whatever reason, thank God, hopefully very soon. Uh somehow there's like a contagion spillover and Bitcoin sees a sympathetic trade lower. I know, yeah. right? Like, I feel dirty saying it. I know. I feel really dirty saying things like, pay attention to the scan." But like, I'm more saying from the lens of, like... I guess I'm not uh,
1: I would say uh, as a broad message, uh, we'll continue to say, like... There's Bitcoin and there's everything else. What you do with everything else is your personal choice and uh, you have to touch uh, the fire a few times before you actually uh, start learning why there are some differences there. But uh, unless there's a direct person that you could explain personally, uh, I don't think that uh, we have to be that police, every single time but let's say um, my parents buy something or they uh, buy it to a custodial uh, exchange or whatever they do that they're just not educated about i will go and help them out i will explain why this why not that uh, what was that about and I'll be nice, Uh, I won't be like you're a fucking moron why the hell did you do that that happens in uh, uh, social media um, because that's clickable Uh, but uh, in person people are not like this and uh, uh, about regulations just expect uh, more lawsuits like uh, for all those people like whether you realize it or not they will come after every single one and uh, as I said uh, previously bitcoiners are extremely nice people like what the, what the hell are you doing to provoke the thing that you call toxicity actually There are two sides of that coin like really I've never experienced like uh, hey I am into Bitcoin and I would like to learn that like, there was a Nobody that was like, uh, uh, go do it yourself, or like, uh, yeah, you are wasting my time, or anything like that. They're so helpful, and uh, we just need to continue doing that uh, in my mind. And for people that you personally know, just guide them through it. Uh, The rest is absolute noise. And just use individual talents. Let's say if you are you are already in government and you get the orange build. Use those resources to reach out to people that are next to you in your circle of trust. Uh, if you are in uh, sports, uh, you orange build people that are around you in sports. And it's slow process, but uh, people trust uh, other people. And, uh, People don't trust text in uh, social media. <laughs> like, uh, how much weight does a tweet has to your DMs from somebody that you have no idea who the hell is that? And how much does it matter when you uh, it's your best friend? Like, like, take the people that are close to you, that you like them, uh, relatives. The rest will figure itself out.
0: I can appreciate that. Um, I want to spend, you know, we got a little bit more than a little bit less than 15 minutes until we are at midnight. And I want to get a chance to have you talk to us a little bit about Breeze. Um, Like I said before, talk to me like I'm five years old because I'm as smart as a five-year-old right now. Uh, What is Breeze? What are you guys cooking up and what are you trying to do with it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the big things that are uh, under the hood in Breeze uh, are starting to come out. Uh, Roy released in Medium two articles. The first article is about the SDK that uh, Breeze is uh, doing. And the SDK, uh, consider this every single app that you have on your phone now with the SDK, with uh, Let's say 10 uh, seconds up to uh, a few hours, uh, you can integrate Lightning into it. Every single app with this is the SDK. Is that good? You tell me. <laughs> uh, so it's like uh, in the past, we had uh, stuff delivered to us, but you couldn't pay with a credit card. What well, that thing happened to the internet economy. Now, uh, Breeze is facilitating all that. So the Lightning Network, the users, and the transfers that are happening, uh, we have our first use case, uh, EV charging uh, company. Uh, they do EV charging stations. They integrated the SDK, so now people in Europe can uh, load their car uh, with SATs, so, <laughs> uh, and that's just one case let's say, Subway Surfers or whatever app or uh, integrates uh, the SDK of Breeze, and you can stream SAS to, to that. Uh, so that's, I would say, huge about uh, adoption of the Lightning Network. And the other thing is about uh, open uh, Lightning service provider uh, model. Uh, That means that uh, if you provide liquidity to the Lightning Network, let's say you are a company that has a thousand coins, and uh, those thousand coins uh, can generate yield because uh, they're in cold storage, you did the best practice. And the one thing that uh, all the crypto shit has on us, oh, oh, where is the yield? Where is the yield? And they do inflation and think that's a yield uh well in bitcoin if you use your coins eh, in the lightning network you can generate yield because you're providing the routing uh, services in there so part of the fees will come back to you and with the open lsp with the uh, uh, lightning service providers will provide those routing fee uh, routing fees for you so that means that uh, you don't have to set up Uh, routing fees for your app, but you just provide the coins, you set up the node, and Breeze will take care of the rest, all the routing fees, and we just share uh, the yield. So let's say right now uh, the Lightning Network has 5,500 coins in channels. Well, imagine one company just puts 500 because they want to have 2% yield a year of Bitcoin. Well, even that thing, uh, now we are taking away from the shit coins. So, uh, and uh, that thing will provide so much liquidity in the Lightning Networks and we will have uh, so much more money uh, transitioning there because of it. And uh, those two things, the SDK and uh, the... Uh, LSP model um, I think are huge, and I am so grateful to the team that uh, they decided to uh, join me in it, and uh, I'm helping along. But uh, those are awesome people, and the way that they think about uh, solving the problems, they are thinking, how can we do the vision of Satoshi Nakamoto? So Bitcoin is medium of exchange. Because we're tackling uh, that problem. How far we're going to get, uh, how fast, we don't know. But that's the vision. And uh, those two things coming from the same company, uh, I, I would say is
0: great. Talk to me a little bit about you know, what are, what are some limitations you guys are dealing with right now based on adoption and what i mean by that is what are what are roadblocks today that you think as more people are using bitcoin will no longer become problems for you
1: Uh, well there are the two things
0: um
1: are about uh right now i would say the problems are about lightning Uh, We need more users there that are using and sending those ads, and we need more liquidity. Uh, So in order to have more users, you need to have more use cases. So like I said, all the apps, if they start, uh, uh, let's say one app has uh, a million users. Now, uh, the people that will be using uh, the Lightning Network, let's say 10% of those. Uh, get increased by uh, 100,000 with one SDK deployed in one app. <laughs> so the users will increase so fast. And it's like a flywheel effect. Because you have more users, you will have more yield. So when you have more yield, now you're incentivized not only to have code storage, but to set aside, let's say, 30, 40, 50% of your uh, Bitcoin. So you can generate uh, yield. And on the liquidity side, uh, it's uh, we just need more coins. So with that model that I said, uh, the people will start figuring out, OK, so if I have a 1,000 coins, yeah, Bitcoin is increasing, but what am I comfortable putting as liquidity in the network, so I can generate, let's say, uh, 2% yield on that yearly. So not only you get upside on that, but uh, you get actual yield and you get double uh, upside. And uh, it's like a flywheel effect. So more users will generate more yields, more yield will generate more liquidity, so people are incentivized to do it, and the more liquidity will generate more users. So. That type of problem uh, we're solving right now. And I think the first one will uh, will resolve itself with uh, the users. Because of uh, Noster and all the use cases, it's much easier uh, to onboard a lot of people. And with Fedimint also coming out and stuff like that, I think uh, Lightning Network in the next couple of years will become mainstream. At least in Bitcoin
0: circles. Actually not only there. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like like it like I get what you're saying, where it's like it's kind of there within Bitcoin circles, but it's kind of not. But I would actually say it's not there yet in Bitcoin because there are so many people who just want to hold their Bitcoin. Who don't like I am part of that class of people who genuinely like I get frustrated if I'm forced to spend Bitcoin right now. I'm like, no, it's I, I'm not ready for that. A, <laughs> like like it's just talk to me in like ten years and then maybe we can start talking about like' I'll, I'll spend my Bitcoin. I won't sell it, but I'll spend it. Um, yeah, but I, I think that is the the larger hurdle. So I guess my next question because I I know and I understand, and I agree with you that, you know, Satoshi, in the white paper discusses this This isn't just a justice store of value, this is also a, a medium of exchange uh, and eventually can become a unit of account. So talk to me a little bit about how we go from where I think the majority of Bitcoiners are now today, this is a store of value, to that next phase where where you're already working on, which we need to be working on because you don't get there and then start building the stuff and the tools to utilize that like it's that old saying of you're a millionaire in your actions your mindset and your behaviors long before your bank account reflects it like it's it, yep. me it's the it's the same thing here so how do we start that shift
1: yeah uh, the way that i was thinking about uh, spending bitcoin is because we are so ingrained in the fiat thinking. Uh, we did not cleanse ourselves completely out. And uh, when you start accumulating Bitcoin, my process is like this. Start first with what are your goals about life? What do you want to accomplish? And write those down. 3, 10, 100, uh, the more the better, in my opinion. And start saving in Bitcoin. Uh, dollar cost average uh, monthly, weekly, daily whatever your preference is and start ticking off the things that now you can afford. Never sell 100% of your Bitcoin but anything between 10% and uh, 50% uh, you're good um, because Bitcoin will increase and everything that you have in that list you'll be able to afford Uh, and uh, that's how you start uh, using your Bitcoin little by little. And uh, one other rule that I have for myself is not only that I check off things from my list, but uh, I'm not like uh, uh, Michael Saylor. I I can't retire right now. And I don't have a golden goose that's uh, generating yield. But uh, what I can do is uh, just spend my Bitcoin when it's um, Uh, at an all-time high. That's the only thing that you have to do. Whenever you feel like, okay, now it's an all-time high, and you know that there's always going to be a next all-time high. So let's say you want to be uh, uh, able to buy a house. Figure out, uh, okay, I want this house uh, to buy. And don't even write the amount of money next to it. But just start saving in Bitcoin. At some point you will be able to afford it, but don't spend, again, uh, all of the Bitcoin. I would say the maximum should be 50 percent and uh, because there will be darker days, uh, maybe. Uh, but uh, if you uh, start thinking like this, how do I spend properly? Because if you think only, oh, it's going to increase in value, increase in value. It, that's the fear of thinking still. Uh, ingrained in you, and uh, if you die, uh, let's say in the next 10 years, why the hell, like, uh, you just accumulated? You like that doesn't really make sense. That's not true living. That's just applying the fear, thinking, Oh, I need, I, uh, I struggle to survive. People are stealing from me, uh, applied into Bitcoin, uh, for me. So Uh, That's my approach to it. Write the goals and when you're able to afford, and let's say, oh, now I can buy four houses. Spend 25% of your Bitcoin and uh, buy one house that you are going to live in. Uh, And uh, everything else will figure itself out. But uh, in the beginning, once you uh, didn't go through one cycle, four-year cycle, it, it's hard to get to it because you really need to cleanse yourself out of this uh bitcoin will outperform everything yes that's true so does that mean that you should never ever spend it uh, i don't think so
0: <laughs> fair no, i think i think eventually there will come a point and i appreciate this idea of like you know write down and set the goal and and stick to it and understand it um i definitely believe in the four-year cycle and i i think there's something to be learn for those of us who like this whole iteration of the pump and now coming back down like this is our like this is my first experience i didn't start buying Bitcoin until 2019 so i very much am experiencing these and and there are lessons for us to learn and i think it's helpful to understand that if this is a, a very regular and expectable pattern at least for the price discovery stage not financial advice like everyone should do what they feel comfortable doing. If you listen to what I do and say, that's a good idea. And that's all the research you do. I'm sorry, but you're an idiot. Um, But like, you know, if to your point, all right, we've reached a new high in this cycle, you know, maybe it could go higher. Maybe it's starting to come down. I'm going to take some chips off the table. I'm going to go, but like pay, pay off a good chunk of my mortgage. I'm going to do this or do that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that and I, I think that's a there's a degree within the Bitcoin community sometimes where there's like this shamefulness like no one should be telling you what to do you should be doing what you feel most comfortable with and if it if it is selling your Bitcoin sell it to me shit <laughs> <laughs> well-
1: Yeah, one thing about uh, the selling, uh, even if we have hyper Bitcoinization in the world and every other currency died, the 2% inflation that we're uh, uh, right now are supposed to have, if you start spending...
0: What are you laughing about? uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, the 2% that you're going to start uh, spending from your Bitcoin, you're still never going to run out of Bitcoin. Uh, our minds are not ready uh, for the thing that if you sell 2% of your Bitcoin, you will be able to still afford more and more stuff every year. Like, we're we've never uh, lived uh, to this. Uh, At least the players, I would say the cantillionaires that could print money for themselves, uh, yeah, like, they've experienced this. But uh, if you spend, let's say, uh, 5% of uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin goes up 30% again. Why? Like you shouldn't buy shoes and stuff that are necessary uh, for you. Like people will not do that, but because we're, Uh, we're again uh, cleansing from this fear thinking I can't afford it, this is the best thing that's going to return the most uh, thing that I could afford. Once you uh, settle in and you say, okay uh, I am covered about my life, Uh, I just need to save in it, I don't need to worry about the pressure that uh, somebody is coming and stealing it uh, away from me, uh, inflating it away. Once you settle that thing in, uh, you'll be comfortable selling uh, whatever amount of selling. But with we well know again, don't sell more than fifty percent because if you sell all of it and then it shoots up, you're like uh, then it's uh, a bad bet. But uh, yeah, uh, but in order to cleanse yourself, you start with the list. Uh, what are the list that, what are the things that you want to have in your life? What are the things that you would like to accomplish? And with Bitcoin, absolutely every single thing on that list can be uh, accomplished. You, you, we never had that. The only th- and difference is you don't know exactly when. But right now, can you tell me I'm absolutely going to be a millionaire? Like n- n- no, in Fiat, but absolutely, yes, in what you're able to afford uh, with Bitcoin. So you just need to continue stacking. And at some point, OK, this particular thing I want to buy because it will enrich my life so much more.
0: 100%. So well said. I, uh, Ivan, we are at that point, though. We are past midnight on the East Coast. So it is now Friday morning on the East Coast. Woof. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to let people know where they can find you, stay up to date with the work you're doing over at Breeze. Um, and just wanted to say thank you very much for getting up so early and taking the time to come join me on late night Bitcoin or early morning Bitcoin for you.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm doing the migration from um, Twitter to Noster. So my uh, handle in Noster is Naku2000 nacko 2000 at NosterPlebs.com and on Twitter, I'm NACO2000, but uh, there I'm decreasingly the using it.
0: Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, it has been another lovely evening, a lovely week of Late Night Bitcoin. I will be back tomorrow. We will be back next week. I'm going to go smoke this joint. Good night.